God's able to heal you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It gets down all the way to the depths of the joints and marrow. The word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that's not manifest in his sight. All things are, are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do, the one we have to give an account to. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession and our faith. For we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched or moved with the feeling of our infirmities or our ailments or our sicknesses and blights. But he was in all points tempted like we were, but without sin. Because of all that, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I want to read again verse 13, the New International Version. It says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we are going to give an account. Tonight I want to preach to you from this passage, from this title, Hidden Things. Hidden Things. The Lord's going to speak to someone here tonight, perhaps more than several someones. His Word's going to cut where it needs to cut and discern what it needs to discern. And I want you to pray with me. I feel the holy presence and healing presence of God. If you've come here needing healing, it's here. Would you lift your hands right now and just open your heart like where the DJ said. Would you open your heart, God, if you want to speak to me and if you want to heal me. Yes, on a Friday night youth rally in Poplar Bluff, whatever you want to do in me, I am open and available to it. I want to hear your word and I want it to change me. I don't want to leave here the same, Lord. I want to leave here different. I want to leave here whole, healthy, growing, and full of love. I want to leave here thriving, oh God. And I ask for your help and I thank you in advance for what you're going to do tonight through your word and by your power in the name of Jesus we pray in Jesus name amen you may be seated to this day I I am still unsure of what it contains I'll tell you what it is in a moment but I assume that today still It is mostly full of of unwanted items that continue to fill it all the way up to the brim. But in in a strange way, it seems as though this has been its purpose all along. Its purpose has been to store all the stuff that we don't have any other place to store. And I am talking about the closet found in the basement of my parents' old home under the steps in Hazelwood, Missouri. It's got this really odd metal brown door that I never figured out. I lived there over 20 years. I didn't know how to open it. It had like six hinges, and you try to open it, and the door would swing all these different ways, and you couldn't close it. One, because it was full. Two, because when a door has that many hinges, I don't know how to close it. It It was just such an odd, it was like the door to Narnia or something. It was strange. Some of you have no idea what that is. Inside this closet was the accumulation of items from over 20 years of the DeLong family history in the house. That's my family, just in case anyone doesn't know who that family is. And the closet had this strange smell. It wasn't a bad one, not a good one. It's like old, just old, you know. And although it had been cleaned out on multiple occasions, it, it wasn't regularly maintained. 
So the items would just start to accumulate. Typically, it was filled with mementos of our past and items that we had forgotten about, even items that we didn't want on display. And from time to time, we'd store some blankets and winter clothing there, so we'd be forced to open the closet. We just called it the closet, you know. And eventually, after lifting myself up under all of that rubble that would fall on top of me, I would rediscover things. That I had misplaced, things I had forgotten about, things I didn't even know existed. I didn't know that they were there until I opened that door and I began to re-examine everything. We, we kept the things we wanted to remain unseen in this closet. We didn't have guests over and say, hey, go check out that closet. We'd really like to be embarrassed when you open it and it all falls out on you. So just go see what you can find in there. Usually it would have remained closed until it was absolutely necessary for us to revisit what was lost and what was forgotten and what was undiscovered. It housed the hidden things. My show of hands, I want, I'm just curious. How many of you ever had a closet or a junk drawer or something like this? Anyone? Okay. Well, we're not abnormal. That's wonderful. Now, for those who didn't raise their hands, I would beg to differ. You see, whether you realize it or not, whether any of us realize it or not, we all have some hidden things tucked away in obscurity. And to describe what I mean, I, I want to share with you the lyrics of a song that I heard several years ago. I was actually driving back from Pinecrest Campground where we hold our Missouri youth camps. If you haven't registered yet, go register after this service. And I heard this song for the very first time. My usual stations were not in range on that Highway 67. I didn't have Bluetooth. Uh, I didn't have AirPods. So I landed on this Christian alternative station. We know it in St. Louis as Boost 101.9. It's as crazy as it sounds. But when I landed there, I stumbled upon a song. It was written by an artist, first name Nate. He's known as NF, and this is long before his notoriety grew. And in saying this, I am not here to argue one way or the other uh, if his music is spiritually edifying or not. I will leave that to your pastor and your personal convictions. But this, this song, written early in his career, it caught my attention uh, on this Christian radio station. Some of you have probably heard it before. It's called Mansion. It's got millions of views. It's got millions of streams online. It's resonated with the hearts of today's youth and, and young adults. It speaks to the things that we're discussing tonight. There's a reason millions of young people and young adults especially cater to this type of honest and raw music. And in the song, this artist compares his mind to a house with walls covered in lyrics. He goes on to say that every room in his mind is representative of a memory, a season, or a phase in his life. And in his case, most of the rooms he describes are memories of hurt and pain. So he says he wants to keep the door shut and lock those lyrics and the memories inside. He tells the listener that he's got rooms in his house with pain and regret, abuse, fear, and shame. He does his best to just keep all of that concealed. He explains that the real issue is he doesn't fix things. He just tries to repay. He, he covers them up, says they never happen. He just says, I, I wish I could change. I'm just going to repaint all this. And he says in the last verse, this part of my house, no one's been in it for years. I built a safe room and I don't let anyone in there. I just leave the, Lord, the doors locked. And you might get other doors to open up on a Friday night youth rally. But this door right here, it's, it's not. It's that proverbial closet under the stairs that no one's allowed to open and enter. 
And I listened to this song and his lyrics for the first time, and I couldn't explain why. They were so moving to me. I didn't realize at the time that hundreds of thousands and eventually millions of young people and young adults would feel the same as they listened to this song. You see, personally, I, I didn't feel like I had any concealed rooms in my heart or my mind, but even still, this song, would, it would stir my emotions when I heard it, and I couldn't explain why, but I just felt a burden when I would hear the struggles of this young man and his propensity to conceal the darkness and the, the dark corners of his life. And it was just a couple weeks later that the Lord began to deal with me about my own young people at APC, and I began to realize just how accurate his words are. The reality is, there are also some and perhaps many in this room tonight, you can relate to the message of this song in ways you wish that you couldn't. There are many, in fact, I, I believe it could be a majority of us that are here tonight who know exactly how this man feels because we've hidden some things in our own heart and mind, whether currently or in the past. There's some obscurities that, that we've held on to for days and weeks and, and months and even years and we just kept them concealed knowingly and unknowingly in our hearts and our spirits. And I've just come tonight to call attention to the hidden things. I've come to just expose some darkness and secrets, not for your embarrassment and not for your detriment, but for your freedom and for your healing and for your future and for your calling. There are some hidden things that need to come to the surface and need to be touched and healed by the Master Himself. And I need someone to hear me from the outset of this journey tonight. There are things locked in your mind or your heart or your spirit that God never intended for you to carry. So your question, why, God? He never intended for you to hold on to that thing. There's some hidden things, wounds, scars, and the like that have served only to stunt and cripple growth, things that God may even begin to bring up to your mind and bring up to your spirit. These are things I believe God has set out to heal tonight, but our flesh, encouraged by our enemy, has also set out to continue just to keep God at arm's length so that they won't be exposed and they won't be revealed in his presence not tonight God I can't do it there's an after event I gotta go home and do homework I can't deal with all this and I'm talking to someone and maybe multiple someones right now that are hurting and broken and bruised wounded ashamed guilt ridden downtrodden by things you were never intended to hold on to whether self inflicted or not things will, that won't let you get back on your feet much less follow the plan of God for your life and you hear us talking about move the mission. It's something you should be a part of. But you, you have a hard time even getting up and moving because of the lost and hidden things in your heart. Hidden things. Unseen things. Damaging and destructive things that I... I just come to help illuminate with the help of the Spirit of God that's in this room and His Word that we're trying to follow. And if you'll allow me, I'm just I'm going to get very real and specific about some of these. Again, not to embarrass anyone. I'm not trying to project these on anybody. But it's all right if we call them out and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm there. One of them was referenced already tonight. You know the, the first line that we sang tonight? There's no darkness that could ever overcome your light. So light is trying to shine into someone's life right now. And darkness is saying, no, 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 I, I'd like to stay here. I'd like to stay fixed. But we cannot allow that. We've got to move forward. The reality is if statistics and general patterns hold true, there is an abundance of hidden things and lives scattered across this room tonight and yes, even in the church. 
And while we, I believe, we're overcoming the odds for the most part, but the truth remains we're not exempt. We're not exempt. Fear. Fear's in the room. Fear over your future. Fear over your place in the kingdom of God. Fear over current and future relationships or the lack thereof. Fear of rejection. Fear coupled with confusion. Fear mixed with anxiety. There's that word. Let me pause here and say we are not exempt from anxiety because we're in the church. But let me also say you can and should be free from that anxiety. You've got everything you need to be free from that anxiety. You do not have to live with it. You don't have to put up with it. You can be free. Shame and guilt are often in the room. Shame that's long-term and crippling. Shame over what you've done or over what others have done against you. Shame over things that were never in your control, were never your fault or your doing. Pain and scars are in a room like this. Hurts from your past and some ongoing and current hurts. Hurts that you've not forgiven. Hurts that you can't let go of. Pain and scars in your life that no one else knows about but him. Sin. Hidden in secret sin. Habitual sins and addiction. Sins that you desire to remain unseen and obscure. I don't want anyone to know. Sins you try to conceal or even justify in the presence of God. Types of abuse that are here. Concealed things that have been done or said to you. Things that have shame attached to them. Things that you'd rather no one else knowing. Things that have plagued your mind until this very day or week. Depression. You know, I'm not trying to put all this on you. I just know what the statistics say. A constant and continual state of it. Some have battled it off and on and you're currently losing. Some feel like they're never going to win. And they feel low self-esteem on a regular basis. I want to pause again and say to someone battling depression, ah, someone that's in this room, you ought to be free of that. You can be healed of that. It doesn't matter how long you've had it. You ought to be free of that. We don't just sing about this, break every chain. We've seen God do it. Oh, you look at this screaming preacher telling you ought to be healed. You don't have to live with that, that hidden thing. Lastly, your past might be in the room, past sins that you've overcome, past sins that have resurfaced, past relationships that have failed, past regrets and failures. And tonight I understand that I walk a fine line between meddling in your business and being obedient to the Holy Ghost. But I reiterate, there are hidden things that are represented in the room tonight and likely in rooms across our state and even across this section and my section, the things we don't want anyone else to see. Hidden things that we cover with our mask every day as we come into yet another youth rally. Maybe not expecting a lot to change. Maybe you're here tonight. Because there's an afterburner. Or the youth pastor said, hey, you need to sign up. And you need to go. And you didn't expect to be face to face with the great physician and healer himself. But nonetheless, he's here. And he sees what ails every last one of us. And he sees things that no one else has seen. He knows about the hidden things. Those things that are just far enough beneath the surface, even during altar calls and moves of God, that they are hidden from the crowd, but they are not hidden from the Father. And tonight, if we could just see what he sees, 
If we could see the desperation behind some smiles and uplifted hands and students that are jumping, I thank God for your worship. Don't ever stop it. But if we could see what's behind it, it may well shock us. The fact of the matter is there are individuals on your row right now. And there's most likely one sitting in your seat that is hidden beneath the surface of their outward exterior. An unwanted hurt and pain, regret and sin and memory. That they've carried in silence for an unknown amount of days. And the Lord has set out to heal you tonight. And he sent me to speak to you tonight. Because while all these things are hidden from the rest of us, they have not been hidden from him. And while all the smiles and the masks convince the youth group or those on your pew, oh, God sees right through it. And he sees, make no mistake, Jesus sees where you are. He sees past the sides and barriers that we put up. And tonight I believe he's determined to heal someone and to stand against the lie of the enemy and the hue and cry of culture that tells you that you've got to continue in that hidden thing. It tells you that you've got to live with that mental ailment, that your concealment and, and your camouflage are warranted and necessary or that false narrative that normalizes things that God never intended to be normal in this church. And perhaps the most troubling aspect of it all is that on a regular basis the enemy has used the shame and the implications of hidden things and darkness to place a stranglehold on someone, on your spirit and your ministry in the kingdom. You want to do things for the kingdom of God. You want to sing. You want to teach Bible studies. And the enemy will bring that back up. What about that closet? What about that hidden thing? What about that thing that you have concealed? You quit listening to him. And you listen to the word of God. You listen to the great physician who says, I, even I am he who blots out all of those things for my own sake I will not remember your sins any longer he says but he demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners and while we were riddled with sin Christ died for us and he says there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who don't walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit Because he's removed our sins and the darkness of our lives as far as the east is from the west. And while the enemy in your own mind have tried to lie to you and tell you that no one knows your struggle. And if they did, they would just reject you outright. Our text said this. Nothing and all creations hidden from God's sight. Eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And that's not meant to scare you tonight, although it is sobering. That's meant to relieve you uh, because you thought no one else knew, but he knew. And he started stirring me and started stirring others to talk to you. Psalm 44 says, he knows the secrets of the heart. Daniel 2 and 22, he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness and light dwells with him. He already knows what's hidden there. He knows what you've held on to for too long. Someone hear me. God's not ignorant. He's not in the dark. He's not too busy to notice you. He's not put off by your hidden thing. God's not appalled by it. Psalm 90 and 8 says that all of our iniquity, all the darkness, all the hidden things are set before him. And yet he chooses to come into a service like this and pour out an immeasurable amount of grace and love into your heart and life and spirit. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched and moved and stirred with the feeling of our infirmities. You think about that. That thing that keeps you awake at night or you wake up thinking about or that thing at school that's ailing you. God is moved by that. The God of heaven on his throne is moved by what you are facing. He's touched by it. 
Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, not condemnation, the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time. And he doesn't just see those things. He's moved by them, touched by our infirmities and our ailments. Provoked by the darkness in our lives and he's here to counteract any darkness with light and any sin with grace and any pain with healing and any turmoil with peace. And when this light, the light of Jesus Christ, his word which illuminates, when it shines into your life, those dark and concealed corners. John 1 and 5 says that that light shines into darkness and darkness comprehends it not. Darkness can't handle it. So you start to feel some things in a service like this when the word starts getting a hold of you. And we don't like it and our flesh doesn't like it. But there is an, an innate response in our hearts and minds when, a, when the word of God starts to shine into our hearts. And there's an answer for your darkness. There's a remedy for it. There's a healing for your brokenness. There's precious and shed blood that can cover you. When I was... 14 years old, I went to a sectional rally in Hillsboro, just like this one. I probably went because I wanted to play basketball, even though I wasn't very good at all. I remember I was running down the court in Hillsboro, and you know what it's like, running down that court, and I, I felt my hip pop. That's not normal for a 14-year-old. <laughs> wasn't for me. I remember I, I got back to the church. We, I got out of the van, and I'm, I'm walking with a limp, and our youth pastor, Brother Trent, he said, hey, you good? And I said, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Got in the car, went home. Next day, I get up, it's still there. I thought, man, walking with a limp. My mom notices. Mom always notices. What's going on? Good, I'm fine. doesn't even hurt. I'm not going to the doctor. Just, I'm just going to keep on with it. Day turned to two, two to three, week, two weeks. I had no plans and intentions of going to a doctor. I just coping with it. Mom had enough, though. Mom overruled me, as they do. Sent me to my dad to get uh, looked at by the doctor. They ran some x-rays, and I remember them coming back in that room, and they had the charts, and they were real concerned. And they put those charts up there. They told me that my, my growth plate on top, my femur, had slipped. Yeah. They said, we need to take him into emergency surgery. Uh -uh. Me and dad panicked. We called mom. She's the strongest of all of us. We were unprepared for that. I just didn't realize how serious it was. I didn't know what was going on under the surface, that it was nothing short of detrimental. And I did not realize the long-term effects. Had someone not spoken up, someone concerned, I would have been content to continue to cope with the problem until eventually it became too late. And I believe the Lord's speaking to us and letting us know the very same thing is happening in lives across this room. We've just learned to cope with the hidden things. Maybe you walked with it for years. And we've learned to live with it. And we've learned to cope with the pain and the sin, the regret, the fear, the, the depression, the abuse, the lies of the enemy. We, we lived in constant turmoil, but we're almost numb to it. If I could just get numb to it, it'd be okay. No, because it's going to come back. 
and we've decided that the pain it brings is far less severe than the possible rejection we're going to endure if it comes to the surface and, and we get into the presence of God at camp and youth convention, section 5, youth trial, and we have learned to get exactly what we need and go no further. Just get enough healing to get me to the next move of God and the next altar service. But when God tries to get close and tries to pinpoint and that great physician walks in the room and steps in like he is right now and says, no, 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 that right there. We've got to fix that. I know you, you've been coping with it. I know you've been walking with it. But I'm here to fix that. And like NF said, we, we respond, well, you might get other doors to open up, but, but this one's not. And we keep that physician at arm's length and from the wound and that scar. But can I tell you tonight what that doctor told me? He said, over time, if that hidden thing went unaddressed, my growth would have been stunted. Without surgery, that growth would have been deformed. Arthritis would have set in. That growth would not have occurred directly. It would have had severe long-term effects if I were just to continue to cope and not address the underlying issue. I've come to tell someone tonight, we cannot continue to cope with hidden things. And if you want to grow and you want to do what God's called you to do, we've got to let God's grace overwhelm all of the hidden things and all of the scars. You let God into the deepest, darkest corner of your spirit and your life. You've got to let God heal you and address even the hidden things. Even if it means I finally take the mask off and I talk to a spiritual leader and I talk to a youth pastor and tell them what's going on, it's worth it for the sake of healing and spiritual growth. If it means being the first one to pour myself out at an altar and just get real in the presence of God and say, you know what, yeah, I need some healing and I need some help. If it means letting God see that I, along with more than just a few people in this room, that I'm not afraid to admit that I need help and I need healing. If it means accountability and openness and honesty and hard work and spiritual surgery. And actually lingering long enough in the presence of God for Him to do something more than a surface level work. Whatever it takes, it's worth it. If you and I are going to go beyond this here, that's our theme for a district. If we're going to go beyond, if we're going to see a thriving apostolic work in every community, if we're going to do something tangible and eternal for the kingdom of God, we've got to pause long enough and be intentional enough to address the hidden things and to see the body, every member here, healthy and growing and full of love. You notice in the Old Testament, it was only when the Israelites decided to move in Joshua 7. That Achan's hidden things came to light. Some of you are trying to take some steps forward. Trying to gain some ground. Your youth group is trying to move forward. I know what's happening in section 5. Awesome things happening. But God stopped the entire procession. Because one man had some hidden things in his tent that God told him not to have. And this wasn't, this is again, not to shame you. Some of you got some things that you didn't even do yourself. It's just things that have been done to you. But we left them hidden. And we're, and, and, uh, we're trying to move forward. And your youth group's trying to move forward. And you can't move with them. Because you've got some things buried still. And we've paused in a service like this. And again, we, no, 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 I'm not ready for that. And God is walking down the line like he did in Israel and saying, no, 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 it's you. And I need to heal you. And I need you to unearth those things. And I need to touch you, these hidden things and purities. They may not even be there because of something you did. But they're stunting growth as we continue to cope with them outside the care and the presence of God. Can I believe has stepped in the room tonight to call attention and to heal. That woman with the issue of blood was mostly concealed. No one knew. One day she had enough. She had tried everything else. 
Some of you have gone to every other source you know to go to. School counselor. Friends that don't know what they're talking about, I'm sorry. She went to every physician she could. Then she decided to try the great physician. Tonight I'm just imploring you. Try the great physician. She'll tell you. You know, he told her, he said, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed. It was a twofold miracle. Wasn't just healed of an ailment and healed physically, but he said, go in peace as well. Only God can not only heal your body or heal your heart, but also give you peace in your heart and mind as well. Only he can make you whole. And I believe he set out to do that here tonight. He set out to help someone. We've seen firsthand exactly what happens when he does. I'm going to invite the musicians to come share with you. Several years ago, just out of COVID, we, we came back together for our youth camp. We started with our junior selfless plug for camp. It'll change your life, and you'll have a lot of fun. During one of those morning sessions, Brother Nate Smith had everyone in the room fill out a paper and describe anonymously what they were dealing with under the surface. And doing that, what he did was he just created a safe place for young people to recognize be honest about the fact that, you know what, I'm dealing with something. I've got some things going on under the surface, and I need healing. And I don't want to leave without healing. I remember our team being blown away. I, I, I have some of those copies here of the things that came to the surface. Let me explain that. We were not put off by it. We were not ashamed, and neither were the people that filled this out. You know what it caused us to want to do? It caused us to want to run to them. You know that the Bible says that our Lord is drawn to a broken and contrite spirit. And we've seen plenty of evidence for that. So maybe you're here tonight and saying, I'm just too broken, I can't do it. And that is the very thing that God is drawn to. We had that time prayer after. And I'm sure that there were some that stopped right on the edge of healing and didn't want to go any further. But we watched that week young men and women that decided enough's enough. I'm so tired. And they'd get up and they'd go to that altar and they'd pour their heart out again and again. They began a process of healing. And I believe some of them are completely healed. We didn't ask their names. But I believe that they're healed today because they decided I'm done and he already sees it. So I might as well bring it to him and ask for his help. They let God heal them. Like I believe some of you are going to do tonight. And in doing that, they responded to the invitation the Lord gives himself. These are the words of Jesus, the God who's in this room in Matthew 11. He says, come to me. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden. That word there just means that you're burdened or you're overwhelmed or you're overburdened. Come to me. And I will give you rest. There's someone here tonight that you, ha you don't even know what that word means. You haven't had rest a day in your life. You can have rest. There's a resting. This is a safe place and a safe environment in the presence of God. Where he can heal you and you can trade brokenness and abuse and sin and turmoil for rest and safety and wholeness. That's what's at this altar, right? You can trade all of that in 
for peace and healing. I'm going to invite you to stand right now, and I want you to just lift your hands to heaven. I'm going to ask everyone in the room to do this. Would you lift your hands right now? And maybe you don't have anything, but would you just start to pray for the person on your pew? And that person's contemplating whether or not they're going to go to this altar. And they're trying to tell, talk themselves out of it. But there's healing at this altar for them. I believe eternity is at this altar for them tonight. I want you to lift your voice with me. I know there's some apostolics in this room that believe that God can heal. And your life is a testimony that He can heal. Oh, I wouldn't, if you just have faith enough, not just for yourself, but that person nearby you uh, that's never experience the rest of God and never experience His peace. Oh, there's some already coming. I'm going to ask you invite you right now. If you want healing and the touch of God, would you just step out of where you are and come to this altar and find a place to pray? And I believe God is going to meet you here. And maybe you don't need healing, but would you come and find someone who does and who's in an eternal moment, a crossroads in their life. Would you come right now and lift your voice and call on this God uh, who's ready to heal you. He's touched by the feeling of your infirmities. Oh, would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice right now? Jesus. You're able to heal. Oh, someone, I wonder if you just press beyond a practice prayer. Press beyond your 30-minute altar routine. And get in the glory of God. Get in the presence of the Almighty.